You guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, you need to. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Mimesis, the podcast about all the twisted ways that art and life imitate each other. I'm Stacey Rourke. And I'm Sandra Sheriff-Zachary. And we're your hosts on this zany little adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. How are you, my love? Are you ready to dig into another episode? I am. I'm doing good. I got my garden in today. Oh, that's fun. Yeah gonna try and get all my own vegetables growing i love that yeah my husband built me a garden box but i haven't filled it with dirt yet (laughs) i have the attention span of a gnat when i go into home depot i went in there in search of potting soil and i came out with two bags of cement and chicken wire (laughs) i don't even know what happened there that's not the same (laughs) that's not the same thing not the same thing todd (laughs) i switched projects while i was walking through the aisles of that store i don't know well my husband was making fun of me because i decided to get 10 tomato plants and i'm the only one that eats tomatoes (laughs) that's okay fresh tomatoes are the best i agree but i do plan on hopefully canning some of the tomatoes and making salsa Oh, so. yes. Yes. Please. He'll be happy if I do that. Yes. I would like <laughs> I would like to place an order for that as well. Okay. I wanted to put a whole bunch of um, basil in in our garden box, but apparently I have to have a, I have to have a planter just for basil because I graze on it. <laughs> we had a basil plant and I, I ate the whole thing and it couldn't like grow fast enough to make up for like how often I was eating it. I bought two basil plants. I bought a Thai basil and a regular basil. (laughs) And you haven't just like mowed on them and... No, I just got them today. Oh, good. Okay. Well, see, I do fresh tomato, basil, Mm -hmm. a little bit of Italian dressing, some dairy-free cheese, and then I make like a flatbread out of Uh, it. Yeah. (laughs) And it's amazing. It's the best sandwich ever. So yeah, I killed the basil plant because I was eating it every day. That's okay. That's what you're supposed to do. I have no regrets at all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So gardening fun. Um, We did decide we're going to move our business to the end of the episode this time. So that'll be get that information later. But you did find something super duper cool that you brought to my attention. I did. So our jaws episode, I found out that one of the child actors is now a police chief of Martha's Vineyard. Which is the same place that the movie was filmed. Right. I love that. He like, he grew up and became Chief Brody. How freaking cool is that? I love that so much. Jonathan Cyril. I think that's how you pronounce it. That's very cool. And I saw the picture, um, 
when you sent me the article, I saw the picture of it. And I remember the yeah. kid. I I remember seeing him in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and he grew up and became the chief of police. Yep. And that's, I love that. Yeah. So I thought that was back. awesome. And that's why I was like, oh, you have to say this. <laughs> throw back to the first episode where it all mm-hmm. began. Yep. <laughs> so um, this episode, I think I told you when we were finishing up Twister that we were going to do old Hollywood this week. Yes. Yes. And what we are going to cover this week is going to be fact versus fiction in the Ryan Murphy series Feud, Betty and Joan, starring Jessica Lange and Susan Sarandon. Um, first of all, you know I love me some Ryan Murphy, American Horror Story, um, a lot of his uh, American Crime stories that he's done. I yeah. love his work. Yeah. So this one, I I was really excited to dig in. Um, I can admit that I didn't know much about the rivalry between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. I know nothing about it. You know nothing? Well, cool. I know you'll, nothing. You'll learn a lot about this. Yeah. Uh, the The big bummer thing right now is this is a very hard show to stream. Uh, I ended up having to buy the series on Prime so I could watch it. Okay. Um, yeah, I have a, I've not watched The Feud. I have not watched, like, I, I really know <laughs> nothing. a little bit. Nothing, John Snow. <laughs> Yeah. Like I know who Joan Crawford is and Betty Davis, and that's about it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they had a they had a rivalry. They had a rival. (laughs) (laughs) You'll learn that today. Um anyways, if if anyone does want to watch the series, I highly recommend it. Uh Jessica Lang is and Susan Sarandon are always amazing. Um, Oh, yes, they are. Yes, you can find it on Amazon (laughs) Prime. That's where I found it. Um as I said, they did phenomenal phenomenal in this. Ryan's vision for the series is, you know, on par with his his work. The costumes, the story, it's all incredibly engaging. Yeah. Um, is it fabricated a little? Well, that's the thing. And I don't mean to sound this as a criticism, but he did go more for story than he did on realism. Okay. And so we're going to, there's going to be a lot of differences. There's going to be a lot of differences. But in the end, in true Ryan Murphy fashion, there's something that happens in the very end scene of the movie that made everything that came before it seem very deliberate. Okay. Um, and when we get to that, I'll go into a little bit more, but it, it makes me think how he put this together wasn't just for flash and show. He, he had a message he was sending out and it's a good oh, one. Okay. But we're also going to go into what really happened between these ladies so we can differentiate yeah um the feud between these two holly hollywood icons there's a lot to unpack so we're gonna we're gonna get right into it um but before we get into the show we're gonna talk about the women themselves behind the the movie because that's their icons and that's where it all started yes yes one thing i need to say up front with joan crawford a lot of people when they hear her name, one of the first things that they associate with her is her mommy dearest reputation based on the book written by her adopted daughter, Christina, and the movie that was made about it, about the abuse that was happening in that household. Yeah. For this particular episode, I'm not going to speak on this matter. Um, Christina herself spoke out that the movie was a vast misrep- misrepresentation of her story. And Joan's other 
two adopted daughters completely contested every single thing that Christina claimed in her book. Um, we all know that there's three sides to every story, yours, mine, and the truth. Right. And I would need to do a lot more research on this before I would feel comfortable addressing my own viewpoint on what happened here. Yeah. So um, that being said, we're going to sidestep that topic for now. Focus on the women. I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm brushing any claims of abuse or any victim's pain under the rug. I'm just trying to say that I don't know enough about this matter. Right. Right. To, you don't feel point. comfortable to talk about it and we don't no. want to hurt anybody's feelings. Exactly. So, yes, I know that was that's a huge part of Joan Crawford's reputation. But for right now, we're going to put a pin in that. Maybe in we're a later to, episode. like older, older yeah. Joan Crawford. Actually, younger Younger Joan Crawford was mommy dearest. Older Joan Crawford is what we're going to talk about today. Oh, I thought it was opposite. I thought that came later in her career. No. Oh, okay. Um, um, The book and the movie were coming out at the end of her career when she was pretty much done filming. So that's when it was coming out. But when it was actually occurring was when she was a younger woman. Oh, okay. but again, I would need to do a whole lot more research before we go into that. So we're going to sidestep that for today and move <laughs> on. All right. Moving okay. On. Moving on then. Uh, now, Joan Crawford was a silent movie star who reinvented herself time and again to keep herself relevant in Hollywood. Betty Davis, on the other hand, was a trained stage performer whose strong will made her a legend. These two women were different in every possible way that you can think of, but they both had imaginable success and that can only be attributed to how hard both of them worked. These were women that put in the effort and busted their ass to make their careers. Yeah. Didn't they each work for different networks? Like one worked for They worked for different studios. Yes. Um, Yeah. Betty was with Warner Brothers and Joan was with MGM for a long time, but we'll get into that. There was a a crossover that happened and we will get into that. Um, One little side note I want to go into in the series feud. One of the characters that steals the show is Joan's maid, who she calls Mamacita. Um, She's she's based on fact. Mamacita was a real person. Her real name was Anne Marie Brink, and she worked for Crawford from 1960 to 1974. She's played in Feud by Jackie Hoffman. Now, Mama Sita was actually a German immigrant. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Despite her Portuguese nickname. She earned that moniker because when these two women met, Crawford had just come back from a trip to Rio. And here's a here's a quote from Joan in how she how Mama Sita got her nickname. I I wanted to call her to come quickly to take the dogs out, but I realized I hadn't asked her name. I had just returned from Rio de, de Janeiro, where all I had heard was Mama Sita, Papa Sita, Cousinita, everything Sita. <laughs> so without thinking, I called out Mama Sita back she cried ah i coming the name has stuck ever since that accent was horrible but that's exactly how it was wrote 
Um, the name has stuck ever, ever set in all the countries we have traveled to together in all languages. Everyone calls her Mamacita. Um, another reality f- for Mamacita in this series is that she did eventually quit working for Joan because she was tired of having things thrown at her. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want things thrown at me either. Yeah, I mean, she put up for, what were the dates? 1960 to 1974? That's 14 years of having your employer whip things at you. Yeah. I mean, I'd be afraid in my line of work having people whip things at me. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Knives, frying pans, no. Hot oil. Yeah. (laughs) No, no thank you. We don't throw things. And I won't throw books at you, I promise. Thank you. Some of those are really heavy. (laughs) They really are. Okay, at the start of her career, Betty Davis fought against studios who wanted to change her name and have her take a stage name like pretty much everybody did during that time. Yeah. The most Betty would do when it came to changing her name is she changed the spelling from B-E-T-T-Y to B-E-T-T-E. She refused to even give an inch about this because she said she wanted to stay true to who she was. And... Betty Betty is a badass. Like, she's a fighter. She's scrappy. Yeah. I love her. <laughs> okay, now Joan Crawford was born Lucille Lesur, and when she signed with her studio, they ran a public contest to pick what her new name would be. Joan, <laughs> yeah, they picked her name for her. <laughs> like a contest, like, give us all these names and we will choose one. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Joan <laughs> hated crazy. the name that was decided on, but to ap- appease her public, she went along with it because she was letting <laughs> them crazy. decide who she was going to be. Like, I like Lucille better. Yeah. Now, in the series feud, Betty calls Joan Lucille in a way that makes it seem like she's like taking a dig at her, like making a dig at her every single time she says it. Um, First of all, that never happened. <laughs> that That's not real. Secondly, it wouldn't make sense if it did. Because during that time in Hollywood, literally everybody was taking a stage name. So yeah. it would make no sense for her to single Joan out right, about this. Pick out anybody in the crowd. Yeah, why would you do that? Everyone's doing it. It's the trend. So yeah. that's this is just the first of many things from the show that we're going to debunk. Um, as I stated before, Betty was a highly trained ac- actress. She was confident in her abilities and realized that the only way she was going to succeed was by being true to herself. She didn't strive to look flawlessly beautiful like so many actresses did and and honestly still do. Yeah. Instead, she became known for doing character work that uh, allowed her to delve into the roles that she was playing. Like method acting? Yes, kind of like method acting, but not quite so extreme. Um, Okay. During this time, the actresses mostly did their own makeup. So um, I don't know if you've seen, I know you haven't seen uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, but if you've seen any of the pictures from it. um, Yes, I I did look up a little bit because I was like, I know nothing. (laughs) So if you saw Betty in her makeup, she's got like the white powder makeup on with the bright red lips. She yeah. did that herself. She that did. Was, yeah, that was. The there was no she, like stage person doing no, that. That was completely her. That was wow. her idea because she wanted to, you know, completely envelop herself in this character. And 
she didn't care about being pretty. She cared about the performance and the art. Okay. Yes. Um, and people admired the hell out of her for that because, you know, a lot of yeah. them, they, they weren't comfortable enough in themselves to do that. And she was. I mean, it works. That's how, like, you really get into the story is when that person takes on the character. Exactly. I mean, we talk about, oh, goodness, anybody from... Meryl Streep. Look at how, I mean, she yeah. doesn't be pretty in every role she does. No. She's, and she can be, like, girlfriend is gorgeous. Yeah. But, you like, know, some... Billy Lord, right? Is that her name? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Doing American Horror Story. Like, any of those, like... Evan, I'm like blanking tonight. Peters, Evan Peters. <laughs> like they this just is fun. <laughs> I know they just take on that role and they just kind of roll with it and like become that person. And it's and awesome not... when people do that. And they put their own vanity aside for it. Yeah. Well, the reputation that Betty earned herself allowed her to become the first female president of the Academy of Motion Picture. And well, that's she, awesome. I know, right? <laughs> and she was playfully given the nickname as the third Warner brother. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so girlfriend's got some power behind her name. Yeah. Uh, not only did Joan lack training or education, but she came from a horrific background. Uh, a trigger warning here. She did suffer from sexual abuse at a young age. Okay. Um, and feud, the, they do get it right when she speaks about this. I, I don't believe she had this conversation with Betty as they show on the series, but it is, yeah. it's Joan's truth. Um, her first sexual experience was with her stepfather when she was oh. only 11 years old. Oh, that's terrible. But in her young mind, she considered it okay because while he was abusing her, he was he was loving and kind, which we know now he was grooming her. But she yeah. considered it the, that he was being loving and kind. And so that attention that he was giving her, although sick and abusive, was the closest thing to tenderness that she'd been shown. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Isn't oh. that heartbreaking? Yeah. Yeah. That's the only kindness, but he's abusing her? Yeah. Ugh. No. No. <laughs> so she was desperate to put the work in and to make something of herself and get out of that horrible upbringing of hers. Yeah. So she molded herself into Hollywood standards. She had a gift for knowing what audiences wanted and put in the work to give it to them. You know, if they thought her, her, she always had to look her best. She said when she was seen out in public, she had to be seen as Joan Crawford, not the girl next oh, door. Okay. So she had to be full glam every time she went outside. Okay. Um, and that's the persona that she gave to her public is, you know, always glamorous, always. Okay. Yeah. So no crazy paparazzi pictures <laughs> of her stuff in her face with some food. No, 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 no. <laughs> 
Um, in the beginning of the series view, there's a line that states, there was never, never a rivalry like theirs. For half a century, they hated each other and we loved them for it. The truth is, before the two filmed Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, they had very little interaction with one another. <laughs> so all this feud was made up? Uh, a part. lot of it was made up by the, the media. As Rumors? you said, yeah. As you said yeah. earlier, um, actors signed with studios during that time. And, you know, we had already said that uh, Joan was with MGM and Betty was with yeah. Warner Brothers. So the only actors and actresses that they were in competition for roles with were with people were that were signed. in there. Yeah, signed with the same yeah. studios. So they weren't they weren't in competition with they each other. They weren't competing each other, yeah. They weren't. I mean, not yet. We're, you not know, yet. But yeah. at the time that people were starting to say there was a rivalry, these two had like no interaction with each other. Yeah. The only, I mean, they were both popular work, working actresses. So, you know, was there a like, man? Oh, there is. There's oh, one coming. Okay. There's one coming. <laughs> That's the only thing that made sense there. <laughs> yes. That would be in 1935 when Betty filmed the movie Dangerous with Francho Tone. Now, rumors swirled that Betty was all kinds of into her handsome co-star. Okay. But Francho, I hope I'm saying that right, was, if not, it's fun to say that way, so I'm just going to keep doing it. Um, you at, you. That, <laughs> at that time, Francho was in a relationship with Joan. Okay. Now, there was speculation but it was never confirmed that Betty and Francho had an affair. Although if you're going to have an affair, have it with somebody named Francho. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, he did end up marrying Joan. So okay. if there was a fling, they, they put it aside and he went on to marry Joan. However, Made their, marriage, stay long. their marriage did not last long. <laughs> in 1936, now he filmed the other one in 1935. In 1936, he filmed, this is just a hor horrible name for a movie, but The Gorgeous Hussy. <laughs> yes. With, with Joan. In her autobiography, she recalled this film as the breaking point for both his career and their marriage. Oh, goodness. That's, that's bad. You're doing bad, yeah. sir. Now, remember, she puts her career, Joan puts her career before damn near everything in her, right. in her life. And Francho was showing up late for call times. He was unprofessional and intolerable on set. Oh, goodness. Yeah, in Crawford's eyes, that's completely unacceptable. And that yeah. just ended things between them. I mean, when you're passionate about something and somebody's doing everything in their power to like not love it as much as you do or not take it as serious as you do, that's mm -hmm. that's terrible. Exactly. But see, this also puts the, the kibosh on the idea that this added tension between Betty and Joan. Because even if there yeah. was that tension over him... Once Joan married him and it was like, no, never mind. I don't want him. Yeah. Like, why yeah. would you hold on to that resentment against that person? Like, yeah, you can't. 
I know. You don't want him anymore. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But maybe they did. I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm just reporting right. the facts. <laughs> <laughs> the facts that you can find. <laughs> yes, right. Now, the second little nudge about their rumored ri- rivalry was when Joan did part with MGM and signed with Warner Brothers, where Betty was okay. at. Suddenly, they were competing for parts, right? Yeah. No. No. No? <laughs> Even <laughs> columnists reporting on it said there was there was no proof of that. In fact, when asked about it, Betty mentioned the only connection that the two of them had at uh, Warner Brothers was a cameraman that they both wanted to be filmed by. He was like the best in the business. But she also went on to say that there was work enough for both of them, which there was. And the cameraman filmed both of their movies and actually ended up doing um, whatever happened to Baby Jane, too. So that was it. Well, that's awesome, having your favorite cameraman for both of you. He knows the right angles and knows how to make (laughs) you look the best. Hey, I have a photographer that I absolutely love, so (laughs) she's done a lot of my photos. She's very good, too. Now, their paths didn't overlap again until 1952. Do you know what's special about 1952 for, for us in our family? It's the year your grandma was born. (laughs) I was going to say grandma's birthday. That's right. That's right. But I'm like, wait, if I get that wrong and I make. (laughs) (laughs) Your grandma, my mama was born in 1952. Well, that year, both Joan and Betty were nominated for Academy Awards. Betty was nominated for her performance in The Star, where she played a drunken starlet. And the rumor was that she based her performance on (gasps) Joan Crawford. (laughs) Yeah, that's not a compliment. Um, It makes sense. Joan wouldn't like that. (laughs) So Joan was a drunk? Oh, big time. Now, I will say both of them drank heavily, but Joan drank excessively. Excessively. She, yeah. You, I mean, it that would be hard. Big, that was right after Prohibition ended, right? Like, not then, but like. I can't well, this remember. is like in the 1950s. So it had been gone for a while by oh, this okay. point. But, I don't know where yeah. I was going with that. <laughs> no, at this point, they were just, you know, you have a drink in the morning, you have a few in the afternoon, and yeah. Yeah. Um, Joan was pissed. She didn't like this rumor. She probably would have been more upset if Betty won, but. Neither of them did. So, yeah. It's easier Who to push won? it. I knew you were going to ask me that. Neither of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I would need to look okay. that up. I don't have that one off, off the top of my head. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. I will, when we go on later, I will know who won in place of them, but not right now. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about the actual series feud for a little minute here. Um, Jessica Lange, as Joan, has a monologue in the series. And there's quite a few things that she says in this monologue that, like, none of them are true. So we're just, we're just going to go down the line here of this particular <laughs> monologue. It starts with, I have been in competition with that goddamn woman my entire career. 
No, you haven't. We already established that's not true. <laughs> she says, a constant battle for men, for roles, for magazine covers. Uh, no, other than no. Francho, that neither <laughs> of them ended up wanting. That wasn't that wasn't the case. Um, and I don't know why. I was the bigger star. No. No. My leading <laughs> men were more attractive. Maybe sometimes, not necessarily all the times. <laughs> My pictures made more money. Um, I'm sure those Roughly things the fluctuate. Same. Yeah, they yeah. probably fluctuate as things like that do. And finally, and yet I was always made to feel inferior. She was one of Hollywood's biggest stars. I have to believe if she felt that way, if she felt inferior, that has to be more her own insecurities. Right. Like her than, expectations. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there was, there was, and again, we aren't saying that, that Joe never said that. This was just a line from the show in how you can just check off. Like <laughs> none of that, none of that's true. Like I said, there's a lot to this series. And I, I don't mean any disrespect to Ryan Murphy about any of this. I completely get the point he was trying to make. We'll get to that later. But for now, for the sake of comparison, we're going to dig in a little further. It is true that at the time, Joan Crawford made the push to have Baby Jane made. She and Betty were both in the twilight years of their careers. The roles weren't coming in anymore, and they were scraping to find quality work. Yeah. Betty had Betty had gone back to stage roles. Um and Joan was scraping to find scripts that she could do. Now, in the show, once they finally, you know, they lined up their their studio, they got their director, they got, you know, the the production is about to begin. The series shows a ton of bad behavior from these two women on the set. Yeah. Um, it shows Betty hanging in the wings during Joan's scenes purposely to criticize and make snarky comments to her. Oh, that's terrible. It shows Joan wearing a weighted belt in a scene where um, she, her character was supposed to be unconscious and Betty had to drag her across the floor and into the other room. <laughs> and she, she wore weight. And this in the show, she <laughs> added these weights around her middle to make it more painful for Betty during this whole thing. I mean, wouldn't that also cause pain to her because the the way she's getting pulled or dragged? You would think. You would think. <laughs> and and it shows them both vying for the director's attention. You know, it shows Joan trying to seduce him. You know, <laughs> anything to just try to steal attention um from each other well that's crazy there's no record of any of this none of it yeah and i get they were trying to you know make it more interesting on the set but logically speaking now these are these are women that have been in the industry for decades Years. yeah they they're professionals and the roles are not coming to them like they used to so now they have this opportunity. How realistic is it that they finally have this opportunity and they're going to blow it with like petty stunts like this? 
Right. That's just that one is that's not it's not right because they want to be able to have more roles come to them after exactly they want this film to be a success so they can get more roles so these are women that are they're showing up they know their lines they're hitting their marks they're they're there to to do the damn thing they're not going to try to tear it apart no so (laughs) another law not so factual thing the show (laughs) also has a scene where the director goes directly to the tabloids and starts feeding them stories to try to fuel the animosity between the two actresses. That didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't happen. Uh, At the time, rumors about them were being reported as fact, and the stories were completely made up. But it sold papers, and that's really all they cared about. Right. If their papers aren't selling, they're not making money. Exactly. They didn't care if it was true as long as they were right. selling and it. That's how we got... <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> that's how we got... Like the... Those... Is it the Inquirer? The National Inquirer. Like a... There you go. Okay. I had no <laughs> idea where you were going with that either. I didn't know if you were naming like... a person. <laughs> person, place, or thing. What are we doing? <laughs> like the magazine that always has like the straight up like really (laughs) you're gonna go there gossip magazines that's where i was trying to go with there you go okay so robert aldridge was the director of whatever happened to baby jane and the show hints that he and betty davis had an affair um i don't want to sound like a broken record but yeah there's no proof of that (laughs) not one bit Um, Now, many of the people who were depicted have passed on and couldn't weigh in with their opinions on the series. But one was and did. Olivia de Havenland. I believe that's how how you pronounce it. Havenland. If I'm saying it wrong, I'm sorry. (laughs) She was portrayed in the series by the always stunning Catherine Zeta-Jones. Okay. At over 100 years old. Olivia is suing FX over how they portrayed her. Yeah, over 100 years wow. old. And she's like, put uh-uh, some respect not on my it. damn name. <laughs> yeah. She claims that she built a reputation for integrity and dignity by refraining from gossip and other unkind, ill-mannered behavior. That this, Yet the series opens with Zeta Jones doing an interview as her where she's portrayed as a hypocrite who sold gossip to promote to promote herself. So good for her putting a yeah. smack down at 100. She's like, yeah. no, ma'am. <laughs> no, no. We're not going to take my name through the mud. Nope. Um, Ryan Murphy admitted he didn't consult with Olivia in a quote from The Hollywood Reporter where he explained he never can- contacted her because he didn't want to intrude. According to him, and this is a direct quote, I didn't write Olivia because I didn't want to be disrespectful and ask her, did this happen? Did that happen? What was your take on that? Um, dude, I think it's okay to intrude. (laughs) I think so. Especially being 100 years old, she probably wants somebody to talk to. Yes. Not only (laughs) to live in her glory days. 
she's got the deeds. Like, this is yeah. somebody that was right there in it. Right. Like, pick her brain. Get the details. Yeah. Especially before love. she dies. Exactly. <laughs> she doesn't have long, Ryan. Have that conversation. But he, he, he didn't have that conversation. It didn't happen. Shame on you, sir. So I've spent a lot of time here saying, like, this didn't happen. This didn't happen. That didn't make a rivalry. That didn't make a rivalry. Ooh, do you have one? You oh, have I got a good one. <laughs> if ever there truly was a ri rivalry, and there was, there's, I've got some quotes directly from Betty Davis about Joan Crawford that we'll get into later, and they're freaking amazing. <laughs> but um, if ever there, the rivalry had a, a moment when it was spawned, it was at the Academy Awards following the release of Baby Jane. Betty Davis was nominated for her performance. Joan Crawford was not. <gasps> and Joan <laughs> was pissed. Yeah. Now, the movie shows her and tabloid journalist Hedda Hopper as trying to sway votes against Betty. Now, that part, there, there's no proof about that. But right. what Joan actually did do was to approach two of the other nominees, Anne Bancroft and Geraldine Page, Page, and she volunteered to accept their awards on their behalf since both <laughs> of them were in the middle of performance schedules of stage shows. I think I saw something about this. <laughs> yeah. So the day of the awards show, Joan brought her A-game. Academy Awards are gold, right? You always see yeah. them gold. Miss yeah. Thing came dressed head to toe in silver. <laughs> silver jewels, silver dress. She had silver glitter in her hair, head to toe, <laughs> a masterpiece of silver. She presented an award. I want to say it was for best director, but I'm not entirely sure on that. But she presented an award, so it seemed okay. totally normal for that her to she be was there. there. Yeah. Okay. You wouldn't think anything of it. She was there. Huh. Then the best actress category came up. Had Betty won, she would have been the first woman to win three Academy Awards. She already had two. Okay. The time to name the winner came, and Anne Bancroft was the winner. Followed by the announcer proclaiming, Accepting on her behalf is Joan Crawford. <laughs> oh, she had a button paste. Yes. <laughs> In her words, Betty Davis says, when Anne Bancroft was announced, I'm sure I turned white. Moments later, Crawford floated down the hall past my door. I will never forget the look she gave me. It was triumphant. That look clearly said, you didn't win, and I'm elated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's and Bancroft was the one who played in the Miracle Worker. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that's what she won. I for. know some old movies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This was when she won for the Miracle Worker, right here. Okay. Well, after presenting the or after accepting the award, Joan was then photographed with all the winners holding Anne's award. Many thought this part to, to be a dig. It wasn't. It's 
it was standard practice. This is just part of what yeah. you did when you accepted an award on somebody's behalf. Right. Um, you, you know, get to pretend that you got it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so this part, you know, the whole thing about her getting pictured with the award, that's not where the, the, the petty. <laughs> right. The, oh, my gosh, the pettiness of this. It just takes petty to a whole new level. But it's... <laughs> There was definitely some some resentment there. So both the ladies are pissed at each other. and yeah. But they're both also hoping that the movie being a success is going to lead to more roles for them. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Even the studio thought about doing a Baby Jane 2, but in a newspaper paper article I found, it was reported that three distributors read the script and looked at the budget and turned the project down. Two of them said they might be interested if the director would agree to cast younger actors to play <gasps> Davis and Crawford's starring roles. Okay. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Obviously, that movie was never made, but it shows what a huge problem their age was at this time. Now, to put things in perspective, the age that Betty and Joan were at this time period... It's the same age Nicole Kidman is right now. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just you on that, you know, Nicole is this stunning goddess who's still putting out amazing quality works. And these two women were scraping, even That's... after having a hit film, scraping to get by. That's nuts. Yeah. No, okay. So <laughs> I actually just saw something not too long ago about like hairstyles, how they can yes. make you look older. Mm -hmm. And it definitely the the 50s, 60s hairstyles definitely made you look a lot older than you do right now. Yeah. Like I mean, look at the Golden Girls. We yeah. you look at them and you think they're in their 60s, 70s. They weren't when they were they filming those they roles. They were only like in their 40s and 50s. Yeah. It was the, like, the short haircuts. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to so keep I mean, our hair long and voluminous for age. <laughs> for ages. <laughs> but that makes sense of why like they look a lot older than what yeah. like Nicole Kidman does. That's yeah. That's just crazy. And, about. you know, the plastic surgeries. <laughs> yeah, that, that we had a big push for plastic surgeries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah. So I I think I mentioned earlier that Betty, Betty doesn't take any shit. But Betty's got a fire in her belly. And the fact that she wasn't getting work after starring in a blockbuster movie. Yeah. She decided that she was going to um, make a little dig of her own. So she ran an ad in the, the classifieds of the trade papers <laughs> that said, mother of three, 10, 11, and 15, divorcee, American, 30 years experience as an actor in motion pictures, mobile, still, and affable, that rumor would have it, Wants steady employment in Hollywood. Has had Broadway. References available upon request. 
I love this so much. Wow. If this isn't her like flipping off Hollywood, I don't know right. what it is. <laughs> love it. Now, uh, when Baby Jane was launched, it was marketed in the vein of Psycho, which you know I'm obsessed with Psycho yes. and Bates Motel. Um, add to that the fact that there was two Hollywood icons, and this this movie was a smash hit. One and one of the reasons Jones saw the Oscar snub as such an insult is because nominations normally lead to more work, but. As right. we can see in Betty's case, that's that wasn't what happened here. What did happen, thanks to Baby Jane? A new genre of movie was created. And the title of this genre, or this genre in general, I hate it so much. This genre was called Hagsploitation. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. terrible. In these movies, they took former Hollywood starlets who had since aged to their mature years and cast them to play crazy, psychotic villains. <laughs> Hagsploitation. Oh, damn. Now, there is no male version of this genre. It was always women, which speaks volume to the misogyny of this whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hate that so much. Ugh. Let's never, ever, ever say that word again. <laughs> yeah, no. We're going we're gonna to move past that. To cash in on the success of Baby Jane, the studio did try to do one more movie in the vein of the original, which was supposed to star Crawford and Davis together again. It was called Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte. Unfortunately, unlike the first film where um, they were professional and they did what they needed to do, the animosity between the two women was so great at this point that Joan eventually pulled out of the production. Wow. Uh, Olivia de Havilland, who was the the 100-year-old woman that's suing FX, she actually stepped in. Uh, She was really good friends with Betty Davis. Olivia was Betty's date for the Academy Awards, or she was her plus one for the Academy Awards for um, whatever happened to Baby Jane. So the two of them were very good friends. So when Crawford backed out, Olivia stepped in and took over that role. And, you know, after that, Davis and Crawford's lives didn't really cross paths again. Okay. Betty did have some things to say about Joan, particularly <laughs> when she found out that Joan had died. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> These are two of the best ones I found. There may be a heaven, but if Joan Crawford is there, I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> and this one. You should never say bad things about the dead. You should only say good. Joan Crawford is dead. Good. (laughs) I'm telling you. Oh, man. Betty pulled no punches. No. Now, I know throughout all of this, I've sounded like I've made some harsh critiques about 
Brian Murphy's creation here. And I said I was going to explain why it's not. And here we go. All right. (laughs) I absolutely thought he was playing into the gossip of the time through the entire thing. You know, that he he was feeding into it. Until one of the very last scenes of the movie. In that moment, a side character makes mention to a real photo of the two women sitting side by side and smiling before the filming of Baby Jane began. began. And this is a real picture. You can find this. It's okay. Um, they're both sitting in director's chairs. They're sitting side by side. They're smiling. It's a lighthearted moment. And it's kind of taken over their shoulders. Very popular picture that was taken of the two of them. Now, the side character about this picture says, I want to know what was happening in that moment. And that right there is when I got what Ryan was doing with this entire series. He played into all the rumors and the gossip through the whole thing. He gave the people what they bunny ears, bunny ears wanted to see in this rivalry, even if it wasn't the case. And then at the end, he gives a glimpse of the real women in a casual, lighthearted moment and asks the question, what was really happening? Which, you know, it flat out, flat out tells us we didn't know what was going on. And I love that. It's, right. it's beautifully done in showing how the media manipulates things. For um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> And did these women end up having a rivalry? Yes, they absolutely did. But the media started it years and years and years before that Academy Awards moment happened that, you know, just blew everything up for the two of them. Yeah. You know, the, the two women didn't like each other, but the only two people that really know what happened between them are Betty and Joan. Right. And being the professionals that they were, they didn't they didn't spill about what was between them. They might have made their little jabs here and there, but they, they didn't were classy ladies. They didn't exactly. want to. <laughs> they kept it between them. And you, yep. you gotta respect that. They were like, No, yeah. I don't like her. She's a bitch, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna trash her. Right. Because they both had a career that they had to do. Yes. And they they both knew that it wasn't easy. They were at a part where, you know, they were fighting for every role and yeah, there was no point. Like trash talking is going to just eventually like land back on you and make you look like a bad person too. Exactly. Now in the, as we're finally, you know, closing out, what well, I just stubborn over that. <laughs> Words are hard. Um, yes, they are. So, you know, we're never really going to know exactly what happened between these two. We know of some moments. We're not going to know the truth. But there is one quote by Betty Davis that I just I think it, it, it's perfect. So we're we're going to we're going to close out with this here. Quote by Betty Davis herself. It's better to be hated for who you are than to be loved for someone you're not. It's a sign of your worth sometimes if you're hated by the right people. Yes. I, I like that. that. I yeah. love that. Ugh. Always be true to yourself. 
Yeah. And I think that even was a little bit of a dig at Joan there because from the moment that uh, the studio decided her name for her. Yeah. She was never true to herself. She was the image of Joan Crawford. They, they wanted her to be. Yeah. yeah. So she was being true to herself. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they both have skeletons in their closet, but I after everything I've read and seen and researched, I have no problem saying I'm Team Betty. <laughs> yeah. No, mm-hmm. Team Betty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be you, your true self, absolutely. Yep. And, you know, if you're being true to yourself, sometimes it's a compliment when the right people hate you. Right. mm, Because that means you're standing up for what you believe in. Right. You're pushing boundaries. Yep. Yeah. Betty is a, she's a badass. I love her. Yep. Uh, but we want to hear from you guys. Uh, whose who's team are you on? Are you team Joan? Are you team Betty? Are you team Bob, the director that probably just had to go drink himself into oblivion after every night of shooting these two? Oh, by the way, he was going to be the director of Hush Hush Sweet Char- Charlotte, too. So he almost had to deal with them. Oh, goodness. Twice. Bless his soul. He would have got He's Satan probably would. like, no, no, I really don't want to do this, but I, I know we need to. But I no, no, wanna. no. And he was like so extremely happy when Joan pulled out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is a side note that has nothing to do with like Joan or Betty. But there's a bit in there where Bob was filming a movie with frank sinatra and they make fake frank sinatra look like such a dick and i know (laughs) like sinatra was a dick but like this is the first time you saw like the gloves come off and people were like this is who he was he was not a nice guy (laughs) that's funny yeah but yeah we want to hear from you guys about what you think of this sandra how can the, the people get a hold of us um, on Instagram at the Mimesis Podcast, or Facebook at the Mimesis Podcast, or our email at m- is it uh, the the uh. Mimesis Podcast at gmail dot com, <laughs> and they can go to our website mimesispodcast.com. dot com. And if you like listening to our show if you're a fan of the show you can also support us on patreon.com backslash mimesis podcast there's different levels you can get some goodies and prizes in there and become a subscriber to this little show of ours yeah we're gonna have some merch coming soon that's right and the the patreon things are going towards soundproofing equipment they're going for new editing equipment all things to make this a better show for you guys. Yes. All right. I think that's all we've got for this time. I think so. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye.